Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive in June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive in June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hello, I'm Steph and this is the Don't Buy Her Flowers podcast and today's intro is coming to you from, again, inside a cupboard. I'm at a school, there's netball going on, we've got a weekend of faring about with rugby and football and kids parties and generally moving children from one place to another I did wake up for a moment this morning and think oh it's not really a weekend is it but then I remembered it's not very long ago we were all at home in lockdown longing for a bit more life so here we go this is the life I've chosen so I can't really complain but it's just finding a bit of balance so today is definitely definitely going to involve a nap um, just to keep that balance in this rush hour that we find ourselves in Um, The other thing that is happening I'm noticing in this rush hour time is um, more and more people that I care about are going through breakups and divorce. And this week's guest is comedian, actress and author Samantha Baines. Sam started the podcast The Divorce Social about 18 months after breaking up with her husband. And there's now over 70 episodes with her talking to different guests each week about their breakup and divorce. Uh, and whether you're happily married or just married <laughs> or um, not married at all, there's loads of lessons about relationships in there. Um, people talk about things that they did wrong, things they wish they'd done, how they wish they'd done it differently, or just how happy they are um, now that they have moved on, as well as how hard some of it was. And some of what Sam talks about today as well as all that is how you can help a friend who's going through a breakup and some of her thoughts on what doesn't help and I think it's not that long ago that divorce was kind of steeped in shame and hushed tones like when I was a kid I don't remember that many people being divorced or if they were no one spoke about it and maybe it's still like that for some people and so what Sam's doing is pretty incredible and if you look at the comments on her podcast which I mentioned to her there's just loads of people saying what a lifeline the podcast has been because they have felt really isolated so I think it's one of those things that like lots of things the kind of rug has been pulled over lifted up and we're realizing that it shouldn't be steeped in shame um because otherwise that's a lot of people feeling really rubbish about themselves unnecessarily so we talk about all of that 
And I wanted to let you know that this episode is sponsored by the sexual happiness company Love Honey. Uh, They are the UK's most popular online shop for buying adult toys and lingerie discreetly. And we have recently launched the breakup package at Don't Buy Her Flowers. And one of the options you can include in the package is a Boost Bullet Gold vibrator. So there you go. Thank you to Love Honey for the support. And um, I hope that you enjoy this episode and that you get something out of it. And um, let me know if you do on um, podcast at don'tbuyherflowers.com or drop me a DM on Instagram or however you want to contact me. But here you go, sit back or pick up your pace on your walk or whatever it is you're doing. Um, Open up your ears and listen to the joyful Sam Baines. I was thinking, so I saw you in the summer at Helen Thorne's Get Divorced, Be Happy book launch. Yeah. But you said, you were like, you need to do a breakup package. You need to do a divorce package. And we've only gone and done it. Yay. Well, because you said, no, there isn't anything for divorce people. Like if you go and search, there's, there's nothing as a gift for people who are going through divorce and breakups. No. And also, I think loads of people don't know what to do when a friend uh, like has a big breakup or a divorce. And Mm. lots of people just do like the pity face. And actually, that's (laughs) not very useful. So I'd rather a (laughs) gift. Um, Yeah. And then flowers feel a bit like... I mean, it's the whole thing of your thing, which I love. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, But yeah, yeah, flowers feel a bit like someone's died. um, Mm. And... Uh, and even when someone has died, like when my dad died, I just got loads of flowers and I was like, well, what do I do with all of these? So um, I think we're getting into celebrating divorce now and breakup yeah. and like, you know, seeing it as a like new chapter thing. And it's really brave to break something up that's been going on for a long time and that you're unhappy in. And so mm. it, it should be a bit of a celebration. So I think having having like a lovely little gift that you can send someone to be like yay go you that is like comforting but also celebratory is wonderful well, so I'm glad I forced also, you into it yeah you did and also we then spoke with love honey and um you can add a bullet vibrator to the package should you want they're sponsoring this episode so there you go so you've, you've you're giving Sam you're giving in lots of giving ways. orgasms to <laughs> yeah. the divorce and breakup world and I'm very yeah. pleased to be able to do that Good. Yeah, I think it was so important I think we even chatted about it and I was like you have to include a vibrator because yeah. you know it's all about having sex with yourself after you have a breakup well and like your whole so your podcast the divorce social you started it in April 2020 so there was quite a lot going on at that point in the world because obviously we were were you planning to do it anyway or was it shit there's a pandemic and you're a comedian and actress so your work would have been difficult yeah I saw I've been thinking about it for a long time and sort of basically quite selfishly I was like I got divorced and no one I knew was divorced Mm. um and I wanted to talk to other people about it but I didn't have access to them so quite selfishly I wanted to do a podcast just as an excuse to make people talk to me about their breakups and divorce um and I was thinking about it for a while and I thought oh I don't know if anyone would be interested in like listening to that or want to do it 
Mm. And I was doing Magic Mike at the time. And then obviously lockdown happened and I wasn't doing that anymore. So I thought, yeah, I'll give it a go, see what happens. And it yeah, yeah. turns out people do want to listen to that. Well, I don't know how often, I don't know if you religiously check the comments on your podcast, like the reviews, but there's loads just saying, I really needed this. And exactly that. I don't have anyone around me who's talking about this and I feel really isolated. So what so what's may have started as quite a selfish thing is actually become something that people kind of was really helping people and they're reliant on, which yeah, is pretty cool. That's what makes me keep going, I think, is all the comments and like the, you know, Instagram DMs and emails that I get from people kind of sharing their stories and obviously I'm not a sort of counsellor or coach in any way I'm just a mm. normal actressy comedian lady um <laughs> so uh, you know I'm not offering anyone the the tips or how you do anything but just people mm. kind of sharing their story and saying thank you to me and and to my guests for sharing their stories and and also just hearing how much it helps people is mm. is amazing and yeah it makes me go oh okay I'll, I'll carry on talking to people from my spare room via the internet for a yeah. bit longer if it's helping people I went back and listened to like the first couple and you'd only been separated for 18 months at that point and what what was your story your breakup so my breakup's a bit like it's very drama it's very like actressy um, because I, so we'd had a conversation where we were both like not happy. He mm. brought it up and I was very like, no, no, everything's fine. You know, we'll work through it in that mode of like, no, I can take care of this. I can take care of you. Everything's going to be fine. Um, and then I was offered a uh, magic mic. And I was flown to Vegas to watch the show and then L.A. to work with Channing Tatum. We'll come back to that in a minute because, yeah, he's on my list. So go on. <laughs> well, I, I, I've said in the podcast, everyone should have a week with Channing Tatum if they're going through a divorce because um, just his presence is very lovely. Um, so, so that happened and then I... I, so I was quite lucky in that I got a week away from my, mm. you know, expenses paid, week away from my um, then husband. And even though I was working, obviously all that stuff's going on in the back of your mind, like, mm, what's going on with my marriage? Mm. But what was lovely is I had a week away working. So I was really being me at work mm. and I didn't have any of those distractions. And I think it really helped me kind of getting in touch with me and how I felt about things instead of just like the fixer of like no everything's fine we'll just keep it going that's so interesting that you said oh I, I can fix this because yeah. I feel like that's a very female trait in in that situation definitely and I've spoken to a lot of mums and that seems to be a I mean I don't have any children but that seems to be a kind of a mum trait as well of just like I'll look after every, everyone and everything will be fine and and actually when you take a moment to check in with your own feelings and I had this week of like you know no no cleaning the house and living in a hotel and and just working to be like oh do you know what I don't think I'm happy either and then I'd really weird last day in LA where I um, basically I have a hearing aid 
and I have one-sided hearing loss. And if I don't wear my hearing aid, I fall over because it affects my balance. So my hearing aid had run out of battery because I hadn't charged it the night before for my last day. But I was like, it's fine. I'm just going to be on a plane. So I was walking around LA like wasting time before I went to the airport um, and trying to be all like cool in LA. And I had like an iced coffee and I was like strutting down the street. And then I fell over spectacularly. Like, like you know full like starfish on the ground like I threw my iced coffee it the top came off and it like splashed all up the street and the ice kind of rolled along the pavement and it was like you know fully on my face and I really hurt my knee and it was such a spectacular fall that the pizza shop I'd fallen over outside of like came out to get me and brought me inside and then like gave me some water and was like oh my god are you okay um and you know when you're like on the brink of tears because you're like, I've really hurt myself, but I also feel like a a, a child in the playground because I've like fallen over well, and, and also knee. someone saying, are you okay? Is like, well, that's it. I'm gone. If you're in on that verge anyway, yeah. if someone's nice to you, that's like the worst. So I was like, yes, hello, I'm an awkward British person. I'm fine. <laughs> um, so I had all that. So then I so then I got to the airport and I was like hobbling around in so much pain and I like trying to get pain medication. So I had this like really traumatic airport experience and I was messaging my then husband being telling him all about it. And I assumed that he'd pick me up from the station uh, from the airport because he wasn't doing anything that day. I didn't say, can you pick me up? But I just thought, oh, he'll probably be there you know to figure mm. and then I got you know these stories you make up in our head even though I haven't said anything to him he will have mind read and be there to pick me up and he wasn't there to pick me up at the airport and then I couldn't get hold of him and um he'd fallen asleep sure and then um so I got a cab home and the whole time in the cab I was like a bit annoyed with him but I was like well I didn't ask him to pick me up and in my head I wasn't like we're gonna break up I was like, I'm looking forward to seeing him because I've had a difficult day. And he opened our front door and I saw him and I just knew it was over. It was Mm. so weird. And a bit of me was like, oh, am I just in a bad mood? Like, am I jet lagged? Um, But I went inside and I had a bacon sandwich and a cup of tea. Um, And we sat down and I just said to him, I think I'm not happy either. And I think we should break up and he agreed and then we actually had this lovely like conversation where we just said the other person was amazing and cried at each other and then he packed a bag and left um so that was my amicable breakup but then as um anyone who listens to the divorce social will know it's very hard to keep it amicable the whole way through Mm. um but yeah, all the divorce proceedings get quite intense with all the financials and the house and all of that. But um, I think we're it's okay now. We've exchanged some texts. Um, this is an exclusive. I haven't talked about this on my podcast yet. Um, I sort of reached out. was like, hi, how are you? Because um, I'm doing this work on myself with a, a coach and and thinking about compassion and like I don't want to hold on to any like mm. anger and residual stuff because that's just gonna make me unhappy so mm. I just sort of reached out and say hey I hope you're good sorry I haven't spoken to you for ages and then you know he replied and shared some of his news and so it feels okay now but yeah there was definitely a period in the middle but how interesting that you because listening to quite a few of the episodes on your podcast that theme of 
realizing you've lost yourself it is massive like across loads especially women I think that you speak to who say that they were trying to make it work so much that they've kind of completely lost what it is that they would want out of a relationship and that's just this kind of idea of then you've got to well I suppose there's the phases of divorce and breakup you talk about quite a bit and that they're not linear but there's some quite clear ones that stand out and that definitely sounds like it's one of them where you have to kind of go what do I actually want from a relationship who am I yeah and and sexually as well I mean I talk about my sexual explosion so much on the podcast (laughs) I mean the first two series are literally just me talking about having sex with people um but also interviewing other people um (laughs) but um yeah I think I'd lost, I don't think I'd completely lost myself, but I definitely had like brushed over um, not feeling happy. And, and I was like, oh no, this is, this is just what marriage is. Like, mm-hmm. it's just fine. Um, and sometimes it's awful, but most of the time it's fine. So that's, and sometimes it's really nice. So, you know, but I, overall I wasn't happy, but I was just like, oh, this is just life, isn't it? This is how it goes. Mm-hmm. Um and then actually it wasn't until, yeah, someone went, hmm, and I took a bit of time out that I was like, I'm not happy. And and mm. I think I could be happy and you probably should be happy. Not yeah. not saying that, you know, obviously you're going to be skipping around every day singing Alleluia, my life is mm. a, a dream world. Um, although I do do that most days at the moment, but <laughs> no, I don't. We're in a good, we're in a good phase. Yeah, in the good phase. Um, no, but I think on the whole, you should be. Yeah, you're annoyed at uh, them or the washing up or whatever it is. But on the mm. whole, you should be happy with your relationship. And mm. and I just wasn't. And I think a lot of people that I've spoken to and myself, we've put up with a lot. And mm. I'm not blaming that all on the ex you know I I've definitely created situations myself and then put up with the situation I've created um and actually taking a step back and being like no I'm in charge of my life and I only get one uh, unless you believe in reincarnation but I might come back as like a mole so um I need to be I need to take steps to to make this a happy life and if that's not where I am right now then I need to change it but making that decision is honestly so hard the amount of messages I get from people who are in that decision making process right now and I think they want me to say no do it divorce is great but you know I would never say that to someone because it's completely your decision and your situation and no one else can tell you when it's time to leave or break up or stay but yeah if if you know if anyone's listening and they have done that or they're going through it it's so brave and courageous to do that and so well done just being Mm. in the process like well done that's hard enough quite a few of your guests again mentioned this feeling of you're you're changing your whole future and making this decision because you feel like in getting married certain things are mapped out like you've kind of you can see that ahead of you and that's the reason why it's such a big deal because you're kind of going, well that's all gone now and you've got to get your head around that is that like phase one would you say well I think for some people the reason they want to break up is because it's all mapped out and they don't like the map 
Mm. Um, and they're like, oh my God, is this what my life is? I don't want this. You know, I mm. don't mean to reference Miranda in um, <laughs> and just like that the new sex in the city because they get a lot of things wrong but you know she does say is this it is this what my Mm. life is and I Mm. I do think that phrase a lot of people will have kind of said to themselves in their heads like is Mm. this it is this my lot am I going to stick with this or am I going to make some changes and that could be in in so many different ways with like body positivity and like work um but yeah I think I think I don't think it's the first step is ignoring the future map. I think it comes later because it's like a loss. Mm. Even though you've created this idea of the future map and it was never definitely going to happen, you still feel the loss of that future. And, you know, maybe you thought you were going to have children together or maybe you thought you were going to live in a different country or, you know, any of these joint plans you had together. Um, It does feel like you're never going to get that back. But it's important to remember that you're still you. You can still want those things and possibly have those things if you still want them in, in 10 years. But yeah, it's it's that kind of all those plans you've been making over however long you've been with that person suddenly disappear. Yeah, I think we had um, Dr. Emma Zvanberg, who's a psychologist on, and she was talking about in the pandemic, this, this happened as well, where people feel like certain things are certain there's things going in the future that are definitely going to happen and the pandemic pandemic showed us that they're not um and actually there isn't there's very little certainty but we in our heads maybe as a part it's like to lessen our anxiety or to feel yeah and feel more control all those things we put these things in our future to kind of regain that control which is quite interesting because it's similar in that, yeah, you actually, you don't know what the future holds. It's a very human thing, I think. Mm. And like, even now, like I'm date, I'm in my mid thirties and I'm dating and I'll do that thing where you meet someone, then you like, imagine how your life could be together and where you'd live and where your wedding would be. And then you're like, hang on, I've met them once for an hour over coffee. <laughs> um, but I think it's natural to kind of plan for the future. But I think actually getting divorced has taught me to live more in the now, which Mm. is interesting because as a kind of creative person and performer, I would have said to you that I was always good at living in the now. Mm. But I think because I've got back to me again, because I've had all this time on my own without the other half there to kind of please or placate or look after Mm. or you know support you or whatever it is and so I've been doing it all myself I feel very in touch with me Mm. um and also in touch with my feelings right now in the moment and being more open with that which I think is a good thing for me and doing magic mic so that you would you would that was all going on just as you were getting divorced. So you were, and I've seen, I, I would recommend Googling you and YouTube because there's clips of you like in changing rooms with naked or half naked men walking past. Yeah, I made a of series you, of like oh, vlogs while I, yeah. I was in Magic Mike behind the scenes, yeah. um, which people yeah, were quite interested in. But the character, so you're like a host in it, right? 
yeah, I was basically like the only person who spoke in the show. So I like welcome the audience and, you know, take all everyone for for the ride and then yeah. do a little dance at one point. But mainly the dancing is left I up saw, to there's, the I saw there's clips of the dancing on uh, YouTube as well. Yeah. There's gyrating. It looks, but you look awesome. Like to think that you were going through the two things are quite opposite in that you are going through all this like pain and sadness and feeling lost, but you're out on stage doing this incredibly confident looking thing. Yeah, I know. I get how it looks like that, but actually I don't, I wasn't in the pain and sadness place when I was doing mm. that show. I was in mm. the freedom. Right, right. I'm a sexual being. Yeah. Phase. So actually, and I don't know if that was influenced by also doing the show. Yeah. Um, but I mean, it was funny because I was surrounded by very um, handsome and lovely uh, professional dancers and everyone was like oh my god you must be living your divorce dream but it wasn't mm. like I was shagging them all like <laughs> I was just I was just working with them um, yeah, yeah, yeah. and they were lovely but they were like all 10 years younger than me so you know it wasn't that kind of environment no. like we were colleagues um because yeah. people would always be like which one of you had sex with and yeah like, all of no, them I work with them none of them <laughs> can you imagine the awkwardness what about Channing Tatum? So he's a really nice guy. Oh, I thought you were going to ask me if I'd had sex no, with Channing Tatum. No, well, I'm going to I mean, imagine no, if I had, everyone would know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that would be the title of your podcast, wouldn't it? I yeah. had sex with Channing Tatum. I mean, it is funny. He, he was never on my list, but also then I got divorced. So it was like... If, you know, loads of people were like, did you get divorced just because your ex was worried <laughs> that you were spending so much time with Channing Tatum? Um, no, he is. He's lovely and he's got a great sense of humour. He laughs at my jokes. So that makes me happy. You like um, him? Yeah. So we just it was just a really fun process. Like I collaborated with him on the script to mm. change it from the Vegas show to the London show. Right. Um, so yeah, that was a super fun process. And then he directed the show and it's just a very generous, like open director. Mm. So, um, so yeah, he's lovely. So it was a very fun process, but then, and, and also I got to kind of share that newfound freedom and kind of sexual feeling. Cause I, it was when I was having my sexual explosion. So outside of work, I was going on dates and all of that. So it was kind of a good time to be doing the show. I feel like now I'm calmer. Mm. I sort of look back at videos of me in the show and I'm like, I wonder if I could do that now with the same energy or if it'd be more like, Hey, how are you? So is is that a is this a phase? Well, going on all of my friends who've broke or had gone through breakups and divorce, the sexual explosion phase slash online hookup, all of it, that seems to be I a think, definite phase they go through. Yeah. Well, it was a phase for me, although I have spoken to some people who go the complete opposite way mm. and like don't go on any dates and you know don't have sex and don't want to you know entertain the idea because they just want to focus on themselves whereas I think I was like oh my god I thought I was only going to have sex with one person for the rest of my life and now that's not a thing anymore so now I can have sex with other people and oh my god other people want to have sex with me and have expressed desire to do things to me and that's exciting so <laughs> I think it was that newfound like 
you know, because you get used to having sex with the same person and you you get into your routines of like, well, you know, I- how to do certain things quickly. In the order of, yeah, yeah, I hear what you're saying. But also, if your relationship isn't working out, probably you're not having that much well, sex. yeah, at the end, yeah. Yeah. So, so it's like, oh my God, I have an unlimited pot of sex um, that is coming <laughs> my way. And I want way. to do it. Yeah. yeah. And then, but, you know, for me, it's like one of my guests talks calls it the DFF, the Divorced Fuck Frenzy. Um, right. which I love mm. um, I just call it a sexual explosion but I do think <laughs> that comes to an end then and then you uh, go through a barren period where like I, I want you to imagine like tumbleweed is just rolling mm. over my genital area um, <laughs> no not a barren period but you then go oh, okay I've done that now done and that. that was lovely and now I'm gonna probably stop for a bit or calm down or have a relationship or be by myself. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health Right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Did you have friends that were worried about you? Because I'm thinking, especially of a few friends that I've got where a mutual friend has then messaged to say, Do you think we should worry about her? Like is she is she potentially not completely safe like meeting up with all these guys but also is she going to feel bad about this in three months time do we need to you know set up an intervention or do we just let them go and it's really because I'm definitely the people I know have kind of gone pretty wild and but you don't want to be like that well I'm I'm married and very sensible so I'm going to suggest that you don't be doing this yeah I would say don't do that 
Yeah, yeah. As as a uh, divorced person, having spoken to a lot of kind of divorce or, or people going through breakups, um, big ones, I would say, do not be the friend that is like, do you really think you should do that? Because they're mm. their own person and they've had someone else being that voice mm. pro- in their relationship, whether it was them or their other half for so long that actually they probably need to go a bit wild. I think mm. there there definitely is a case of like, you can say, I want you to be safe, please be safe and like, mm. please look after yourself and you know, ring me if you ever need to, or, you know, text me when you get home. I think that's totally fine and caring as a friend. But I think some people can be really judgmental and and be like, oh, it's the stereotype of the divorcee or they're like, you know, go out and mutton dressed as lamb, just really desperate trying to have sex with everyone. And that's not what we're doing. We're just like letting loose. We're going back to our days before we were in that relationship and feeling free and us and just having a bit of a party and yeah it can get a bit wild but as long as you're being safe I think my friends didn't really worry about me the only time someone was like oh are you okay was when you know you drink too much on a night out Mm. but yeah I would say it's kind of it's a bit like university if mm. if you've been to university or like, you know, being in a sports club and going away on a sports club holiday, you know, that sort of vibe. It's like you just go a bit wild for a, for a period of time mm. and it's kind of a rite of passage as long as you're safe, I think. Yes. Yeah. yeah. But, but w- I would say definitely don't make your friend feel judged because... Mm they're going through a process and they need to do whatever's right for them. You know, some people don't go through a wild stage, first of all. Maybe they'll go through a wild stage like a few years down the line. Mm. So I think just support your friend in whatever they're going through. Just and you've there. talked about friends, how important they were and how brilliant they were. What what's the like what did people do that was exactly what you needed? at the different points yeah I, well I think actually what's really important to mention is a lot of people are there at the beginning mm. and then they sort of think oh they'll be over it now mm. and actually and it's similar with with grief and and I talk about it to do with my dad's death as well people are, are very there at the beginning and like oh are you okay and kind of you know there for you if you need anything and then a year later it's sort of like oh that's done now but in mm. your life it's not done you know I'm we worked it out. I'm four years in from separating. Mm. And I mean, I know I do talk about it regularly because I have a podcast about it, but like, it's still not done. Like I still have like last week I felt really like lonely and really. You posted something actually on, on Instagram. You And I thought that was really interesting that you, you'd said, I, I feel lonely. And like you say, it's a few years in and this is when that's when you might need people even more yeah exactly and I, I you know it, it's like anything it comes in waves like mm. you know I had a really sad time after my dad died like two years later where I just had a massive cry because I just missed him loads mm. like after two years and I remember that moment and being a bit like all right well no this should be over now like when's he gonna come back like the joke's mm. over <laughs> like he's not mm. dead more is he he's he needs to come back now 
and and I think it it's it's like that with everything so I think as friends just being there and I know it must be so boring listening to the divorce stories over and over again but just try and listen and be there um because there will be if it's not immediately there will be a time when your friend just wants to talk about their divorce and it feels like no one wants to listen or it feels like you're boring people but you're like I just need to get it out and and obviously you know hopefully they're seeing a therapist or a counselor or a coach you know I did which is so useful but sometimes you just need to talk to your friend like who who knew the person or to explain how you're feeling or why you might be being weird or or distant um so yeah I think the good things that friends can do is not judge you Mm -hmm. be there for you and just listen even though they've heard it all before and you don't I would say do not say oh I never liked them anyway no they were never they were never any good for you because everyone wants to say that or a lot of people do say that because it feels like they're agreeing with you like Mm. as a person saying that you feel like yeah I'm on your side and I never like them and you're too good for them but actually what the person hearing that is feeling is that right so that person that I was with for 10 years you never thought was good enough anyway number Mm. one you didn't tell me but number two you're sort of criticizing my decision of picking that person and then staying with them for 10 years so even though it feels like a supportive thing to say it isn't <laughs> please don't mm. say it so if no. we're allowed to slag our ex off and you can be there and listen mm-hmm. and be supportive but you don't have to say yeah I know they're awful you know it's like family you're, yeah. you're allowed it's to like slag children off yeah mm-hmm. no one's allowed to slag anyone else's children off but you no. can only slag, slag your own children off yes um but also sometimes we don't want to talk about being divorced and we don't want to be asked how our dating life is if we're single you know Mm. we just want to talk about random stuff Mm. so you know it's not like we need to focus on it the whole time either Mm. um no I think the other thing is that if you're if it's a friend going through it sometimes you haven't realized how bad it was because they've been busy smoothing over the cracks and saying oh no it's wonderful and and then you've kind of got to go through it with them, I guess, while they're figuring out this, oh, he did this thing. I remember I went, I'm obviously not divorced, but I had one particularly bad breakup where it got, the relationship was, like I look back now and go, oh, that was really fucked up in lots of ways. I was trying to rescue him a bit. Um, and I can remember saying to my friends at the end when I knew this wasn't going to work, like, does your partner ever say to call you a name? Does, you, does your partner ever say this to you? And then we're just looking at me like, what? Like completely horrified. And they'd really like this guy because he was fun, obviously less so towards the end. And it was a really, but they were so with me. Like they were, no, and no one should ever call you that. And you are not those things. And then kind of like helped me to to get through that. But it, but they they didn't know until I told them, and I think that happens a lot, doesn't it? Where because you don't quite realise how bad your relationship is, or you're trying to cover it up. That it was fine, everything's fine. That then, when you have to then say, actually, all these things happened, you do just need your friends to go, just to completely believe you and hear you. I guess. Yeah, definitely, and I think you know, 
we do live in some ways that Instagram life of, mm. oh, you look, everyone's like, oh, you look so happy together. You are such a good couple, blah, blah, blah. And like, yeah, the photos of us and like us at a fun event where we're all dressed up and having mm. a lovely time with all of our friends, we probably do look really happy. But actually, you know, stuff happens behind closed doors. And yeah, mm. I do remember my friend's being a bit shocked and and just the one other thing I wanted to say as well if your friend is going through or if they're telling you that they're thinking about um breaking up with someone um or they've just broken up with someone and they're breaking it to you please don't second guess their decision please don't say oh but are you sure don't you mm. think you should go to counseling don't you think you should work it out because mm. The decision to leave or stay or whatever that big decision is, is huge. Mm. And it's not a split decision. They will have been thinking about it for a long time and they will have been umming and ahhing and thinking about all the possibilities. So you then saying, oh, don't you think you can work it out? Which people mm. did say to me is like, don't don't you think I've done everything? <laughs> I didn't just mm. go, I'm going to get divorced today. Like, yeah. don't you think I've thought of everything? <laughs> and we've tried all the different things. Uh, otherwise, you know, it's the, the end, it's the true end of the road, the breakup mm. or the divorce. Mm. And, you know, that person has thought it through. So just be there for them. Mm. You've got um, men and women on the podcast and yes. it was Rosie Wilby said that 75% of divorces are initiated by women, which I thought was a fun fact, <laughs> but yeah. really interesting because I wondered how much the, um, I suppose the change in women's expectations of what we can do and be, which have changed quite dramatically if you go like 50 years and even more so further back than that. It's interesting because I think we're just sold that marriage is the dream, especially as girls growing up, that marriage is the dream. We should know what wedding dress we're having. We should have a wedding folder. You know, we should know where we want to get married. And and also, I think there's a, there's a lot of pressure to do that, get married and have children. That's, you know, those are like your life goals. And it's very interesting. I think I wouldn't have said before I felt that pressure, but I definitely did. I thought, oh, I need to. Lots of people, including myself, were like, oh, I need to get married before I'm 30. Like that was like a goal. Like, why? Now I'm like, why? And it's also the the thing with children. You know, I speak to a lot of parents on the podcast, but I also speak to people that haven't had children during their marriages or during their, you know, long-term relationships. And... It, it's interesting because, you know, for myself, I didn't have children as part of my marriage. And a lot of the parents I speak to, they're like the the one great thing from my marriage is that I got these children. And then they have these wonderful humans to show for, you know, all those years of, of time together. And um, and I, I don't have that. And so I think in some ways I, I feel a little bit judged for not having children mm. I mean I do have a cat as a legacy yes who you love very much yeah I called Queen I Victoria it's <laughs> so good and what do you say to someone who feels like they've wasted time in a marriage I know you've talked about that if, it, if that marriage didn't work yeah I mean looking back I think that's one of the hardest things thinking oh I've just wasted those 10 years and and actually I'm seeing a, a 
I saw a counsellor uh, originally and now I'm seeing a sort of more like a life coachy type person. Um, and my coach said to me recently, you were meant to be with your ex. Mm. You know, that marriage was meant to happen. And that was a real kind of turning point for me and a way for me to release a lot of stuff because I had this thing in my head, you know, especially when I was in the marriage of like, are we meant to be together? And this this meant to be and this like fated the one. And I don't know if I believed it in the one anymore or, or like love conquers all. I've spoken about that on the podcast, that like Disney idea of as long as you love each other, everything will be fine. Mm. Well, no, because I've heard of lots of marriages where people loved each other, but it, it, it wasn't enough for so many other reasons. Mm. But um, I think this idea that I didn't like listen to my gut or I didn't like listen to fate or whatever and and we weren't actually meant to be together really like upset me like I got it wrong like it was Mm. a mistake and actually her saying well you were meant to be together because that's got you to where you are now and that's taught you so many lessons about relationships and probably him about relationships and you know, it's all led to the human you are and to the future that you'll go on to. So Mm. you were meant to be together. And that was, that was a big thing for me. And I think it helped me release a little bit of anger and shame Mm. around the whole mistake kind of failure side of, of divorce. Mm. I think on the podcast, you have people who are further down the line and that's probably really reassuring for people who are still in that early bit and going through all of the emotions like Sarah Millican was your first guest and she's like 16 17 years later and married to someone else um and she can talk about it with a she can talk about how awful it was like really awful but she can also talk look back at it with like a lightness that's I imagine really reassuring yeah I think it's so nice talking to people on the podcast who are like years on and maybe now like happily in a new relationship or like Sarah's happily married again Mm. and that was great for me as well especially episode one because I was like oh my god it gives me hope that there's a future for me and that I'm just not going to be in this weird horrific amazing free awful time forever and um and Sarah's great you know she's actually given a lot of advice to a lot of people in comedy when they're going through kind of difficult divorces and she's been great and the advice that she gives on the podcast her main bit of advice which is amazing is to change the name of your ex in your phone so instead of it saying their name say Adam um, you change that to something silly that will make you laugh because during the whole difficult time, especially like financial proceedings or whatever, every time you get a message from them, you're like, oh God, there's a mm. sinking feeling. And you're like, what, what is this going to be about now? What are we going to have to sort about now? Is this another argument? Um, and actually, if it pops up with something silly that will make you laugh. So she changed her ex's number two uh, name to the arse. Yeah. Um, and then I hadn't done it when I spoke to her on the podcast. So yeah. I, I came up with the idea of fart orange just because those <laughs> that's the first thing that popped into my head. So I, I did actually change his name in my, in my phone to fart orange. I love it. And it just, it just meant when I got that notification, like 
you've got a message from Fart Orange. <laughs> it made it, you know, I had a little immature giggle instead of going, oh, the God, dread. What now? Yeah. Yeah. I think, and what does he, what does your ex think about the podcast? Well, I don't know. I don't know <laughs> if he listens to it. I know some people that know him have mm. listened to it. Mm. But, you know, I told him that I was going to do it before I started it. And I said to him, there are certain things I won't talk about. And these are those things. Mm. Is that okay? And he sort of said, yeah, at the time. Um, so, yeah, I, d- I don't know, really. We haven't mm. discussed it. But obviously, I, I just speak about my experience. And it's almost not about the marriage it's about the bit when they decided to break up onwards. Mm. I suppose there's a lot of self-reflection from your guests. And I think that has a massive positive to it. And I think one of the things perhaps you get across that divorce teaches you probably in quite a brutal way is that the capabilities that people have to get through that. But also, even from a practical side, like you talk about your pink renaissance and you have a conversation with Jackie Smith about being able to put up a picture or if you can't getting someone else to put up a picture and there's a real it's a really lovely positive part of it that you feared but then you realized that you could do these things yeah I think that you know when you do break up with someone sometimes that idea of what am I gonna do now like how am I gonna not survive but like get on every day without them because you know you may have lived with them for 10 plus years Um, And actually, that period of recovery, when you're dealing with all the emotion, but also you're just like, maybe living on your own for the first time, Mm. or doing those things like putting a nail in the wall and putting a picture up. And I put an Ikea shelf up by myself, and I had to drill really big holes. And I felt so (laughs) proud. And I, I talk about early on as well, the first time I mowed the lawn, because God, I've never mowed the lawn. No, I ne- I've always like yeah. lived in flats or whatever. Yeah. And obviously when I was at home, well, not obviously, but when I was at home, my dad would mow the lawn. Mm. And then when I moved into the house I'm in now, which I now live in on my own, you know, there's a garden, but he used to mow the lawn because that was something he enjoyed. So the first time I was so like scared and like, oh my God, I can't do this. And it sounds silly, but you you hit these little hurdles mm. and then I did it and I was like, oh my God, it's it's hoovering. Yeah. Yeah. Like <laughs> yeah. and um and I know as a woman saying hoovering is like, oh, I'm not saying that women no, do the no. hoovering yeah. because actually my ex was very, very clean. So he probably <laughs> did more cleaning than me. But it is just hoovering grass, essentially. Mm. Like mm. obviously if you want to get lines in it, you have to do it in a fancy way. But the, like that, re- that was such a revelation for me. I was like, oh my God, of course I can do it. Like yeah. it's, it's very straightforward. And so you, you get these like little wins, which are actually really lovely. Um, although there are some things that you need to get someone else to do. Like, I think I spoke to Kerry Howard and she was trying to put up like a huge piece of furniture on her own and she couldn't physically lift it and Mm. I'm like yeah there is a point you also get to the stage where you're like I can do everything on my own and then Mm. you realize I'm allowed to ask for help with this I don't have to do every single thing yeah but what I love about the podcast is yeah it is about divorce and people think oh god that's going to be a heavy podcast but actually everyone I speak to is so much happier now Mm. and I think that's such 
an amazing thing to kind of take from it is everyone's kind of gone through that process of finding themselves and putting up a shelf and mowing the lawn Mm. and now they're kind of happy in themselves and who they are Mm. I think if if 41% of marriages end in divorce and historically that's been kind of loaded with shame and sadness and and there's very little talk of coming out the other side so I think the narrative that you're creating with the podcast and you've got you know people like Helen Thorne with her get divorced be happy and this idea it is shifting which I think is pretty critical if there are 41% of a lot of the adults basically walking around otherwise feeling like they're meant to not feel any happiness or kind of relief or any of those things yeah it's like we're we're ignoring like a whole group of people that are Mm. going through something incredibly hard Mm. and you know as a divorced person I feel like I I felt like I should just brush it under the carpet and not mention it to anyone and just deal with it on my own and I think it's so important to kind of have a community and have support there and share it and we have a little um chat group actually via the Patreon, my Patreon, um, where we all just talk about, you know, everyone who listens to the podcast joins and we all just talk about when we're having a difficult divorce time or we like swap stories or how did you deal with this? And even just having that is just so nice. And Mm. I wish I had that when I first got divorced because I felt so alone and like there was no one I could Mm. talk to. Mm. No, well, that you're doing it. You've created it. So that's awesome. Thank you so much, Sam. I, it's brilliant talking to you and also just refreshing, I would say, to think of it slightly differently. You're good. Well, if you ever get divorced, you know where I am. I'm there. Um, <laughs> everyone's welcome. Thank you so much for listening. I also wanted to mention that Sam has two books written for children, which my nine-year-old is currently really enjoying. Both of them have a deaf protagonist and Sam herself wears a hearing aid. So check those out. I'll include links in the episode notes. And thank you to Love Honey for sponsoring this episode. And I also wanted to say thank you to everyone who's DM'd or emailed about the episode with Stacey Heal. Um, Stacey was talking about cancer and grief four months after her husband Greg died. And although on paper it could seem that there was going to be a really depressing episode, Stacey has this energy that isn't at all and, and I suppose an outlook. And even though she's going through something completely awful, it's somehow uplifting and she's remarkable really so loads of messages about how brilliant she was which I have made sure I've passed on so I think it's really helpful for her to know that how helpful she is being to other people um and one review on the podcast from Trudy AM said amazing podcast about grief one of the most powerful I've listened to which is awesome and again I'm passing those on so thank you Um, please do leave a review and rating if you're enjoying the podcast and you can dm me on instagram or you can email me podcast at don'tbuyherflowers.com and i hope that whatever you're doing today that involves something for you maybe it's a nap maybe it's a hot cup of tea maybe it's dancing on a table whatever floats your boat but um thank you and i hope that you have a good week Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. 
Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowl and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowl and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.